Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. to be like money versus Allie. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because that's kind of our relationship. Most days. Okay, that's Lizzo. She's up for eight Grammy nominations. She is. Wow. She's also caught a lot of flack lately um, because she likes to show her hiney in thongs. At public sporting events. At public sporting events. Mm -hmm. As well as on the beach. Who cares? Yeah, so we're... Well, on the beach, who cares? It's I know, but her whole thing is like she's proud to be overweight, and she's not just overweight; she is morbidly obese. Yeah, I mean she's she's large, but we also are not her doctors. We have no idea what her doctors are telling her. We don't know what her healthcare profession. We don't know anything about her body. So she's large, and on on the outside, we can say that she's a large woman. But if she's Define healthy, large, like I'm a large woman. I am also a, a large in a lot of pieces of clothing these days, but according to my doctors, I'm healthy. And according to her doctor, she could be healthy. So yeah, she's on the beach. Who cares? At a public sporting event, maybe don't. Show. And I would say I would say that to, I've seen Nicki Minaj, I've seen Rihanna, I've seen all of them at their skinniest in the same skimpy clothing, and I would say the exact same thing. You're at a family sporting event, right? Just just put some clothes on. Just cover on. your yeah. Just put some clothes on. And then well, as soon as you leave, you can you can skimpy it up. But you know you're going to be on the Jumbotron. You're a famous person. And when your ass is already Jumbo, it does not need to be on a Jumbotron. I'm just saying. I'm Frank. I'm Ernest. And you're Ernest, okay? And this is how we roll in our house. All right. So we have decided to uh, start with Periscope, which... Trying to. We're trying to, but it's cool because we've had people ask us, and I love the hearts. I love the hearts. All right. So so we normally record our podcasts for uh, to be um, aired on Saturdays, but we mm-hmm. record on Fridays. So you yep. can catch us on Periscope on Fridays usually, Friday mm-hmm. morning. And Saturday you post, and Monday I repost. Ah, there you go. So you can start the week with Frank and Ernest. <laughs> the mom and daughter duo. Okay, so... Uh, from CBS News, it says, Allie, is this true? Younger generations are lonelier and social media doesn't help surveys find. And men are lonelier than women, which I would actually believe. And we're mm-hmm. going to get to why I believe that, uh, going back to the hobbies and things that we'll discuss in just a minute. Um, 
loneliness is on the rise and millennials and members of Gen Z are lonelier than older generations, according to a new survey. Finds most Americans feel lonely and our modern connected world isn't helping. Researchers questioned some 10,000 people about their lives. Their responses, troubling. Nearly two-thirds of Americans are lonely, feeling left out, poorly understood, or lacking companionship. Men were found to be more lonely than women. A surprising finding, the younger you are, the lonelier you might be. Nearly 70% of working millennials report being lonely, compared to 49% of baby boomers. Social media users are particularly lonely. 73% of heavy users are lonely, 52% of light users. Experts call this an urgent time for the study of loneliness, that in-person connections are what really matter, sharing time to have a meaningful interaction and a meaningful conversation. To share our lives with each other, these are the keys to tackling loneliness. Okay, why is that? You're a Gen Zer. I, I, I don't understand this phenomenon. What is it? Well, I mean, everyone's on their phone the entire time, even if they're interacting with people in person. Like, you're, people are on their phone. Is that because we're addicted to our technology, or is it because we just completely lack the skills or the desire to actually connect with someone? Like, have you're a neuroscience minor, so have we rewired our brains? Have we remapped everything to where we don't even, we say we're lonely. The fact that we could recognize that we're lonely is kind of an, an indicative of, okay, not all hope is lost, okay? Mm -hmm. But have we remapped the brain to the point where it's like, oh, my phone's here, so I need to look at that while I'm hanging out with you? Um, I mean, I'm not a, like a brain expert, so I can't say that we've remapped the brain, and I don't think that we would but have. But habits we... can remap your brain. To a certain extent, not in that it changes the entire like makeup no. of your brain, right. but it can habits are habits and you have habitual behavior. So you can form a habit, but you can break it. So it doesn't automatically rewire your entire brain. No, it, it takes time. It okay, it does, takes time to form a habit. But you can also break it. So you that's can. my point. It's not fatalistic in that your brain is now rewired to be lonely. I wasn't saying you're going to turn into a cell phone zombie. Regardless. <laughs> Trying to give people factual this scientific was information. A nihilist statement, but thank you, Miss. This isn't fatalism. <laughs> I'm just saying it's not this science. Fatalistic as hell. Yeah, seventy well, percent of you are... generation is fatalistic. <laughs> I mean, sixty-one percent of you are just like yeah. lonely. Why are you so lonely? For God's sakes, you've got every piece of technology. You have access. That's exactly to people. why it's not the face-to-face. Connections. People aren't taking two hours to go hang out with friends and just talk with them. In those two hours, maybe thirty minutes of that is spent I'm, actually talking to people. I'm perplexed by this because, as a as your parent of a Gen Zer, we how much money and time did we spend doing Baby and Me? All of our little baby groups to teach you guys how to play well and how to get along and yeah, share. Yeah, and then I was homeschooled for seven years. Yeah, you were, but you're very social. Yeah. Okay, because you were homeschooled. In spite of being homeschooled. Absolutely, but because you were homeschooled, listen here. It's not like we were a little house on the damn prairie. No, we weren't, but I also spent many, many hours alone every day. I wasn't with kids most of my days Well, until they but, got home from school. But we also did planned activities for you to stay engaged and I worked overtime on that, so I don't even want to hear it. You were actually – so your socialization and, – and here's to my point for all of you contemplating homeschooling. 
Um, because a lot of people are in this day and age mm-hmm. and should be because the government school system is scary. Um, it becomes planned social time as opposed to putting you on a school bus, dropping you off in the jungle where it's like the survival of the fittest. Like, yeah. that's what you're going to listen. The state of Georgia, our test scores are literally below the toilet line. It's it's that bad. So clearly, and I'm not going to put it all off on teachers and funding. We God knows we don't need any more money thrown at the education system. Yeah. But I'm going to say that it's you're in school these days and you're literally trying to not die by yeah. a number of things and technology plays a huge part in that cyberbullying is a huge problem and it's not something that can really easily be stopped unfortunately it's yeah. not necessarily you're going and trying to steal some kids lunch money you're posting intimate photos on them uh, of them on the internet at this well point. and it might not even be them like you get a screenshot of their face and then you put them on someone mm-hmm. else's body having sex and next thing you know you've got an entire eighth grade class who thinks you're a hoochie yeah and it's not even you yeah right Okay, so I, I feel like, you know, parents just kind of, oh, goody, it's time for school. We're going to march back to the school bus, put them on the bus. We're going to abdicate every single piece of our authority and wisdom and knowledge and everything that we're supposed to pour into them and send them off to school and hope for the best. And if they're being bullied, then we're just going to trust that they're going to tell us. And so now you have an entire generation of people who, according to health insurance companies, are saying that they feel lonely. And this is a big deal. Because when people are lonely, they form really bad habits. It's kind mm-hmm. of like what you said about living out in the suburbs. The suburbs breeds, breeds boredom and bad decisions. <laughs> it's not a good place for anyone. <laughs> I love it. And so with that, okay, what's the answer? I mean, people have to find a way to disengage from technology in all facets of their life. Right. I get that too. I mean, I get on social media sometimes, I get on Instagram and I'm scrolling through and I see this girl who looks like, I don't know what, like she's just perfect. She has the perfect of everything, the perfect body, the perfect hair, the perfect face, the perfect skin. She's just perfect. And you look at that and you're just like, how? How do you do that? And according to her, it's diet and exercise. I don't know. I'm not going to take that away from her, but Probably but you not sit just... there and compare yourself yeah, to Yeah, exactly. And, and you yeah. compare yourself to people's lives and you think, oh, I'm not having as much fun. I'm not doing as much. I'm not as right. successful. I mean, there's so much comparison. And then whenever you actually do hang out with your friends, y'all are still on your phones. Right. Like, look at my awesome life. Look yeah. at what I'm eating. Look at my piece of lettuce. Mm-hmm. Look at my boob. Look at my mascara. Isn't it great? And it's, yeah, just so that we are. And I think that, I think the reason we do that is so that someone believe, believes that we are bigger than we are, better than we are, mm-hmm. prettier than we are, more popular than we are, loved. And I say the word loved intentionally because this is a really strong word for someone to have, and that was CBS News, by the way, the clip that we heard. Um, and and this is this is too very strong word. Um, Gen Zers uh, are twice as likely as Boomers to feel abandoned by coworkers. Okay, mm-hmm. that's a big word to use. Uh, abandoned by coworkers when they're under pressure. And the majority of Gen Z workers feel emotionally distant from colleagues. Okay. Now, I come from from the generation of I was raised by a depression baby. Okay. My father was was a baby during the Depression, World War II veteran. And so hard worker, blue-collar worker, Democrat his entire life, 
just went to work, put his head down, did he what, what he was told to do, balanced his checkbook. Like he just lived a very simple, honest life, right? Yeah. And so when it comes to work, dad didn't come home gossiping and complaining about work. He was also a United Auto Workers union member. So that's where they kind of hunkered down and complained about, you know, conditions or salaries or whatever. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, and I'm definitely not a fan of unions, but God rest my dad's soul. He would mm-hmm. flip over in his grave. He would. He say that. He would. But I'm just saying, um, he um, raised us to believe that you go to work to work. And so when I come here to my job at our radio station, I have the game, the game mentality. It's not a game face. My game mentality is this. I'm in the radio business. We are here to uh, to sell advertising. Mm-hmm. We are in the monetiz- monetization business. That's what we do, okay? And so how can I be better as a personality, more personable, more likable, more this, more whatever? Mm-hmm. How can I build my brand so that all of us can do better as a team? Whereas you've got this whole dynamic going on of I feel abandoned or I don't feel or a competition you know she's getting too many you know too many people watch her now to be it's just so gross and it's like how did we get to this place where it's like grow the hell up like come to work to be an asset to your job and to produce the bottom line and then this is going to roll right into our next topic and then go out into your private lives into your private because time. That's the different that's the generation breakdown. And it's not just our fault. It's not just us trying to grow up. It's also companies who have been fostering this type of environment of you do everything at work. You live at work, you play at work, you eat at work. Yeah, like they're Google, like they're like friggin' Snapchat, uh, all of the technology what's companies. The, what's the uh What's the the uh, don't roll your eyes at me. What I didn't is even roll the, my eyes. Uh, <laughs> what is the uh, what is the um the sandals resorts that's what our corporations have become they're like all inclusive resorts they are they but are. that's the point so it's like whenever you say grow up that's not on us <laughs> first of all i always go back to who raised us and then I second of all it's the companies too they're fostering this type of environment of they want you to literally be completely involved in the company they want you to eat, sleep, breathe the healthy? company. No. Why don't you subscribe to it? You're 23. You're a Gen Zer. Why don't you subscribe to that? Well, one, I'm not a software engineer or, and very terrible with technology as is, so I wouldn't be working at those companies anyway. But also because I do see how it can be detrimental. And I have been the person who's like hoping and expecting that my job will be a place where I make friends. And it turns out not being the place where I make friends. It's actually a place that bites me in the butt with so-called friends. Friends. And so, you know, but it is hard. It's hard. It gets harder and harder as you get older to make friends. Mm -hmm. I mean, college is just like, like it's, you're just a friend of Palooza. Like you just have people everywhere that you could possibly make friends with. Right. Even for the short term or the long term, whatever. But then as soon as you graduate, yeah. And you get into the real world, you realize that it is harder and harder to make friends because you're trying to find people who you have things in common with. And yeah. what do you have in common with your coworkers? You all work at the same place. Right. Maybe you have the same values because you work at the same place. And so you just kind of assume that they could be that person for you. 
That what an interesting thing to say. Maybe you have the same values because you work at the same place. Something that my radio station had. Well, we've just recently been sold, but our parent, our prior parent company, for all of these years, like we have got cheerleading slogans all around the building that that are slogans that are not just rah rah. Like it's it is the culture in which we live, and it's what they've attempted to foster here for many many years. And mm-hmm. so yeah, they have values that are very clear that have been set out front. They're painted on the walls. You know, and if you don't, if you can't adhere to those values, as far as I know, this station has not altered the values. The it has, you know, the flagship is still there. Like it, it the values are what they are. Either you can come on board and be a part of it or not. I think one of the reasons why we have club med, you know, corporate spas today is because a lot of these people have said, oh, we got to keep them however we can. And if we've offended one person, then we need to alter the entire value system of our corporation, which I think is wrong. And so it has become, you know, a daddy daycare system of corporate employees. In the meantime, people are still lonely as ever. I always say don't poop where you eat, you know, dating people where you work. Bad, bad, bad idea. I've done that. It sucks because when you guys break up, you still have to work with them. You still have to work with them. Or one of you is going away. Um, So just 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 bad overall. But we were talking about okay, moving over into our next subject. Because this is priceless. Yeah, I asked my Twitter followers, hey, men, why is it that you have such a hard time fostering friendships? Okay. I got like over 300 responses because men are eager Mm -hmm. to be known. They're eager to be heard. And anytime someone will give them even a half of an inch to say, here's your shot, tell me what's really in your heart and in your head, they go for it. And so a lot of them said, don't have time. I have a family now, so my family is my first priority. I don't Mm -hmm. prioritize my friendships as much. Mm -hmm. And so you're in a relationship. (laughs) We love to throw your relationship under the bus on our show. He's fully aware. But you're in a relationship. That's what he signed up for. (laughs) Yes, he does. We were talking about um, hobbies. And Mm -hmm. you said that you had come to the realization that maybe the young man you've been dating is hyper-focused on work to yeah, the detriment we, of hobbies. Our conversations have been very consistent in talking about work for both of us and talking about, you know, kind of daily life things. But nothing, we haven't really talked about hobbies, like it, both of us, not just him. And, you know, I think it's really important for relationship planning, essentially. And for him, his focus is financially. Right. He's trying to work really hard right now for our financial future, for mm-hmm. financial freedom for both of us in the future, which is amazing. And it's very noble. And it's something I've made very clear that I appreciate. Right. Um, but for me, I also have a very different mindset than he does, where it's like, I'm also trying to have fun in the meantime. Yeah. And, you know, he's planning for our financial future. I'm planning for our relational future. I'm planning for our connectedness in the future. I wonder how much of that has to do with the fact that we were, even though we were so broke um, when I raised you, that we still always had a lot of fun. I think it's also because I have a very unique, like, perspective on the fragility of life. I've been at the crossroads of life and death. So it's like I know how fragile it is and how quick it can go away. So it's like, you know, yes, there is is important to be prudent with your finances Mm -hmm. and be prudent with your time and be considerate of your future. But you can't only be working towards the future. The future is always going to be there until it isn't. Right. 
Like you're always going to technically have a future until you don't, until it's there's right. no more future. Right. And I, I dated someone who was an undertaker and he would tell me, which is so ironic that he would say this, but he would always remind me, you know, um, life is long, mm-hmm. Monica. And so it's long and it's short. And so, you yeah, have well, to... we lost your father. For those who don't know, we lost yeah. your father when he was I was 28. He was 30. You were three. And uh, to ALS. And I mean, talk about someone at like the peak of their life. Mm-hmm. Um, new family, new home, mm-hmm. new job. He's very young. A very young, very athletic, you know, doing just great things. You were just born um, and a year right at your year birthday. He was diagnosed and he was gone just shortly thereafter. So, you know, we we did we did have fun. We did plan as well. But I, how can people. So what do you suggest? Like, what what was your suggestion to him about, hey, babe, really, really love the fact that you care about our financial future uh, as well as our financial present? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I mean, for the conversation really went as such, which was, you know, me kind of asking probing questions of, you know, what are your hobbies? What What do you like to do? And then, you know, kind of reminding him of both of our roles in the relationship, which is to remind each other of who we are. And remind each other of the things that we love and and remind each other to have mercy on like mm-hmm. ourselves. And so for me, that was reminding him like, you know, you are working so hard and that's really amazing. And I'm super appreciative. But I also don't want you to only work so hard. Yeah. I want you to do things that you love and enjoy that light that light you up, that make you smile, that make you happy. Like right. that's as important to me as you working hard. So you weren't nagging and you weren't complaining. No, not you at were, all. You and you weren't criticizing. You were actually communicating. So part of my three C's in my in my personal podcast and work and my brand is is clarity, communication, and connection. Mm-hmm. So it's like you communicate for the sake of clarity in order to connect. Yeah, and you know, with us going forward, his point too is that we're long distance right now. Yeah. So this is honestly the prime time for him to only be working. Right. Because we don't see each other all the time, and so he has so much more time that he can just really get into the nitty gritty of working, and he does have two jobs. Yeah. Work hard and play hard. Exactly. It's really important. And but, I mean, I'm German. We're good at that. We work hard. We play hard. We drink hard. Mm-hmm. Like, Yeah, just, but that's not the American way. People <laughs> no, live to work. Right? They don't work to live. I know. We always, it's like the American dream. There is no such thing. It's the American <laughs> and, nightmare. Oh, well, it can be. Look here. Golly. It's really? turned into the American that's nightmare. Such crap. Whatever. People live to work. They that's don't work to live. That's how your generation into that whole socialist crap. It's just like, well, we should all take care of each other. Come on. And you don't subscribe to that. No, I don't. But, but my... you believe in balance. I do believe in no, balance. No, you don't. No, you don't. That's crap. Because you've told me for years, Mom, there's no such thing as balance. What have you always balance said? Balance is an illusion. But my point is you can focus on about two things at a time. No, you've said you can't balance, but you can. Starts with a P. Prioritize? Yes. <laughs> yeah, you can. But that can help foster a sense of balance it may not be true balance but it's like you can only focus on two things at a time you cannot add a third or fourth thing and you're not going to be able to give your all to all of those things correct you can give half of yourself to one thing half of yourself to another but as soon as you start adding more and more things that's less and less of your attention and your hard work ethic that you're going to be adding to that stuff right so yeah balance is an illusion but it is something that can you can have a sense of balance yeah whenever you recognize what your priorities are and you stick to prioritize well okay so what comes first priorities or values 
probably values. Your values are going to inform your priorities. Yeah, it is. And so if you don't have the same value system as your partner, you are not going to understand their priorities. Right. And so kind of how we left off the conversation was that, yeah, he's completely right. He is in in a really great space right now to just work really hard and get himself really set up for whenever he does move here so that, you know, in that time, once we get to that space, we can work on what does work-life balance look for this relationship. Right. But, you know, for me, again, it was like, you're planning for our financial future, which is amazing. I'm planning for our emotional connected future because time and time again, you see in couples that fail, they didn't have hobbies, they didn't have anything new that they could talk about. Right. They didn't have things that they would do outside of each other. They didn't have girls' nights out and guys' nights out. It was if they did spend any time together, the conversation was work and kids and household right. duties. There was right. nothing interesting. They weren't learning new things. And so now I'm trying to institute like in our nightly conversations, like something new that I learned in the day, essentially, like something interesting that I think is interesting. And so he's doing the same thing. And so like for me last night, I talked about how birth control works because I honestly didn't know how it like actually I know you've been watching this really cool thing on Netflix. Yeah, it's called Sex Explained and it's on Netflix. And honestly, it is a great sex ed tool for your kids. It's a great show. I mean, you know, monitor. There are some episodes that are a little bit more geared towards. Yeah, geared towards. maybe. So what would be like the age appropriateness? Okay, so like 12, Like the first episode is about like sexual fantasies and that one you probably and honestly that's where maybe like the 13 14 that's something that you can start talking to them about because they know what it is they know what bds is they're already having sexual fantasies yeah and they hold on did you just say that 12 and 13 year olds know what bdsm is we have 50 and 60 year olds watching this right now who have no idea what that acronym is it's uh what is it actually? <laughs> oh, bondage, discipline, and sadomasochism. Wow. Yeah. Um, so that episode, Really what that translates to is 60 million copies sold. Of 50 Christian, Shades of Grey. Yeah, 50 Shades of Grey, Cray, Cray, Grey, yeah. whatever. And, and yes. that's not honestly very, it's not a, it is not a good reflection on the BDSM community. And then some book. people are like, well, what's a good reflection? It's so, about consent. Okay. It's about mutual trust and yeah. respect. Even if you are someone who's engaging in like a dominant submissive relationship, right. there is an equal level of respect on both sides, which okay. is why you have safe words right. that your dominant person has to respect. Okay. That you don't go past someone's boundaries. Right. You have to have but clear boundaries. But in the book, he's it, just a nasty yeah, ratchet he just, fool. He doesn't and, yeah. he doesn't adhere to boundaries. And okay. so that is why it's not it is about mutual respect you know why i think women like flocked to that to that trilogy of craziness um because he didn't respect boundaries and what we just read in our he last just took control po- well and what did we just read in our last podcast from what was it psychology today talking about sex is dead mm-hmm. right because everyone's trying to be pc <laughs> Excuse bless <me>. you <laughs> But yeah, it's uh, you know the devil is a lie. I'm not getting sick. But what? Oh. <laughs> what? <laughs> Tell the truth, shame the devil. What <laughs> is happening? These are your people. You don't know these sayings? No. <laughs> these colloquialisms. <laughs> okay. Ah, uh, but yes, sex explained. There, I'll say there it in go. German. <laughs> Good help. <laughs> 
Gesundheit is good health. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Good health unto you. But yes, it's a great tool for parents. Good health unto you. It's like coming to America moment. I'm losing Squirrel. my microphone. You are. Hold okay, the we're mic. Good. Hold the mic. But yes, it's a great tool, especially as it gets into the actual mechanics of, of your body. Of your, ba- of your body. And um, it's a great tool. And it's in, very informative. And it, it really isn't that racy. The first couple of episodes, you yeah. do probably want to monitor like the age range of, of your kids. But the, after that, it is really oh, wait, just almost, biology. I almost forgot my thought. So shocking. But in psychology today, sex is dead, right? Mm-hmm. We're talking about why Christian Grey has sold like billions of copies. Because even though PC. he Even though he doesn't, he does not represent the BDSM community whatsoever okay we've already covered that Mm -hmm. if you missed that acronym hit rewind (laughs) and we'll explain it again yeah okay but um women want men to take control in the bedroom Mm -hmm. and that's why they're finding you know women are on couches going i don't want a submissive guy i don't want a pc guy Mm -hmm. but so again we've swung all the way over to you know, yeah. not he's not just peace. He's not just not PC. He's not just taking control. He's pretty he's abusive. abusive. Yeah, he he's pretty not well in the head. Right. So yeah. while we're all putting on our pink hats and marching through DC and hating on the president for things he said twenty years ago in a locker room about chicks, it's like Really? You guys really want that in the bedroom. Like you want to get your butts kicked in the bedroom and you don't want anyone to know that while you're out doing rah-rah cheers on behalf of the equality of women. And I'm like, yeah, you can't. And what was that line in the, do you remember in the, um, in the piece that was talking about it's, it's, it's equal, but, but not, um, equivalent, equivalent. That's right. Equal you, but you, not equivalent. You, right, it's not in the bedroom. Yeah, equivalency shouldn't in the bedroom shouldn't like parlay into like equality in right. real life essentially. Right. right. And and that was really powerful and and that is why people flock to 50 shades of gray because not only does he take control in the bedroom, he takes control of her entire life. <laughs> Literally. Right. I've like, dated that guy. Yeah, he's just he's super controlling. Have you ever dated a guy like that? I don't think so. Super you control. did by virtue of his addiction ended yeah. up controlling your whole life, but he wasn't like, "Where are you going? What are you wearing?" Yeah, no. Why did you I look at him? I couldn't do that. I dated a guy one time, my first boyfriend. This was horrible. He was smoking hot too, man, and he was older than I was, and he drove like this super hot Camaro or something. Oh yeah, God. yeah, the T tops, mm. and um, and we would get in the car, and he would literally tell me to turn my face my body facing him because he didn't want me to look out the window at other people and what i actually hell have you been dating well i was like remember my upbringing hello well, yeah, and things fair. that i kind of went through from fair. a very young age and you know up to that guy that's fair and yeah um, i can't even deal with someone who was like i, I don't deal with now. jealousy no. i can't like now, if you don't... i do like a guy who's like you know he's <laughs> He can get puffed up at other people, but yeah, do not puff yourself like up at you me. You can mark your territory, yeah. right? But don't do that with me. Yeah, puff right. your chest outside of me. <laughs> like, plume your feathers or whatever, like, that way towards the men. Don't do that to me. Plume your feathers. I don't know what I just said. I think that's what I, I think that's the term. I don't know. Okay, well. Yeah, if you're going to peacock, like, peacock towards the, the men. The problem. I'm not the problem. Exactly. And neither is what I'm wearing or what I'm saying or who I'm talking to. I like that. But so, see, have you always been that way? 
Yes. I think so. Yeah. I think I did a pretty good job raising you, if I do say so myself. Mm -hmm. You'll actually give me credit for that one day when you're like 35 and you have your own kids. You're like, what the hell did I sign up for with parenthood? Yeah, and I'm not (laughs) paying $7,000 a year in therapy. Yes. Yes. (laughs) That's your choice. So. Uh, yes, exactly. Anyway, (laughs) I do want to be 35 and not on the therapist couch and not divorced and with kids that I don't like. Well, I think once you're 35, uh, yeah, what? Kids you don't like. Yeah, plenty of parents don't like their kids. That's true. Like, I see parents on Facebook call their kids. Yes, I see that. They I say see that about that. their toddlers. Now and I'm you've just... just taken our podcast to the unclean level. We got to remark. We got to rebrand it online. Oh my gosh! <laughs> this is we know this about our podcast, but but it's not... true though. I yeah. see people post those exact words my about their children. Such an asshole! Like, yes, they say that all the time, and I'm like, no, your toddler. Like, I have so much compassion for toddlers. This is my little soapbox for toddlers. Okay, but go like, ahead. imagine. <laughs> You are this newly formed human being, and but you have the exact same. And you've just discovered your legs get you places. Yes, and your hands can pick up. Anything you've discovered you yourself. You have feelings. They have the exact yeah. same feelings and emotions as we do as adults. Yeah, but they have no understanding of them. Right. They have no way to communicate what it is that they're feeling, but right. they just feel it. Right. How frustrating would that be? <laughs> that would be awful. To be they a, sound like grown men. Yes, they're little <laughs> adults, but they don't have the way to understand or to communicate what it is that they're feeling. But they have the same feelings. So as they throw us. themselves on the floor. Yes, they they take stuff out of the drawers and they you scream know, and they scream cry and, and run around the restaurant. And yeah, because they're pee just, on stuff and they're trying to figure it out as much as we are. Heave their toys across the room. Yeah, but that's male aggression. Yeah. Girls do it too. Girls do it too. I heaved my bottle across the whole house. You did. You would actually. <laughs> I was a bad parent. Whatever. That's why you're in therapy, I guess. And you I let me sleep on my stomach and gave me a bottle in my crib. <laughs> I was like, I'll never forget when I brought you home. As an aside, okay, I brought you home and you like totally slept through the night. And I'm like, <laughs> your dad's like, awesome. I'm like, no, it's not. She's not supposed to be sleeping through the night. So She's take, supposed to be awake every two hours. Uh, so I'd take my finger, put it under your little nostrils to make sure you're still breathing. I could feel the air. Put my little ear to your chest, into your face. And I was like, okay, she's okay. And I'm like, one eye open all night, just keeping my hands on your back or on your little tummy because we weren't, we had the little wedge. You know, everybody's supposed to be on their side now because God forbid you actually get a good night's sleep. <laughs> I think it's big pharma. Probably. It's probably something like sleep aids that have decided we know how we'll sell more sleep aids. We'll just keep parents up all night by putting their kids in really stupid ass positions that babies were never <laughs> supposed to be in to begin with. And no one gets sleep. Perfect. Yep. Well, I buck the system because your grandmother, your yaya, your Oma <laughs> was like, girl, put that baby on her belly. However, she and I had a a very lovely older black nurse who was she just she was awesome and she was at your pediatrician's office and she loved you and she was like girl you need to put that baby wherever she can get some sleep Mm -hmm. and you can too I was like perfect on the belly you went you were out our lives were golden so yeah but I would put you in the bed as you got older with your at nap time with a little bottle of like watered down juice (laughs) and without fail Allie's like in a crib (laughs) 
And I would stand, all of a sudden, I would hear something like crash into the door. And I was like, what is going on up there? I'm thinking, maybe you've learned how to crawl out of your crib. <laughs> you're like, no, it's nap time. I'm going to sleep. I'm not crawling out of anything. Yep. And you're still that way to this day. Yep. <laughs> but but you would literally, like a wino, you would suck the air out of that bottle and literally heave it out of your crib <laughs> across the room. <laughs> and, and for the longest time I was like what is that noise and I'd find the bottles on the floor and one day I just kind of opened the door and watched you finish your last it's almost like you know <laughs> so it just cracks me up I'm thinking about trading places with Dan Aykroyd <laughs> he's like this nasty drunk with like salmon in his beard oh god Santa Claus I remember beard. that scene yeah. oh. and he's just rah, rah. And that was you with a bottle as a kid Anyway, okay, so the moral of the story, people. Yes. Values, priorities. Hobbies. Hobbies, so important. Friend time. Wes Moss on our station here at 95.5 FM WSB, uh, host of Money Matters every Sunday before I come on from 9 to 11. He's on. He's fantastic. And he has an amazing book about retiring, you know, happy. You can retire earlier than you think. Mm-hmm. Um, but his study, like he spent years studying happy retirees. And one of the number one things that makes people happy in retirement are hobbies. And not just one. We're talking four solid hobbies. So if you're your age, it's time to start looking into the things that you want to be able to do whenever you're older. Yeah, and look into the things that you can do now. Right. You know, If you're my age, it's not too late. Yeah, it doesn't have to be all time consuming. I'm starting a book club with some women. And it's going to be very low key. We'll meet maybe once a month. But it's something that we can all do coalesce together yeah. around and it's not super time consuming but it's something that we can foster now yeah and so it doesn't have to be something that you're doing like day in day out it doesn't have to take up all this time you can still focus on work and and whatever else but yeah. it's like just something i think healthy relationship like hobbies are something that are so personal mm-hmm. right and and i've you know i've dated men i love golf and so i tend to date golfers but some of them don't want me on the golf course with them because it's their time Mm -hmm. it's their way to just decompress either hang with the guys Mm -hmm. or hang with themselves and i get it you know i just spent having separate hobbies is great it's great having together hobbies is super great great. i don't like video games my boyfriend loves video games so if he wants to play video games while i read a book totally fine we love cooking together we love like exploring new places so if we want to go and take a cooking class together we can do that we love watching movies. So, you know, we have a lot of things that we like to do you together. You guys watch movies on your phone together because you're do. long distance, which I think is really sweet. It is. It's nice. <laughs> Thank we God like... we're not paying by the minute like we used to for long distance <laughs> Yeah, <calls>. seriously. <laughs> Wi-Fi is a blessing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> when it works. Yeah. Thanks, AT&T. Yep. Uh, so, next time we're going to talk about some fun things that you guys can do for Valentine's Day, which are kind yeah. of kind of racy, kind of interesting. Uh, fun because that's us mm-hmm. and uh, yeah I shared mm-hmm. some of that on this new gig that I have with a financial expert a financial guru and I contributed to his show and so we talk about that in his upcoming segment too and thank you for those pointers you're welcome um, and, and if you haven't made a Valentine's Day reservation you're, you're, you're done you're done you're done yes yeah, it's, it's on Friday night like yeah, you're done you're done <laughs> so <laughs> just cook a romantic that. dinner at home at this point <laughs> So, or yeah, or other things. Yeah. So, uh, okay. Okay. Yep. All right. We're All still right, here. Bye. All right. Yeah. We're out of here. <laughs> we'll be back next week. Yeah. Uh, we love your uh, comments, questions, and concerns. And uh, once we sign off from this, we're going to go to that and answer some of those questions uh, on, on Twitter. All right. We love you guys. Bye. Be kind to each other. Yes. Allie versus Monty.
Yeah, my name should go first because it's the A. Whatever. I birthed you. It, well. Yeah, there's yeah. that. Okay. Love anyway, you. Love you too. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. <laughs> AutoTrader.